Winston T. And I love money. We agree. And I'll make even more today. Just wait and see. can't make money in a buyer's market. Buyer's market. That's just what it is. A buyer's market. Yep. No money in it. You guys just don't get it, do you? Get what? Yeah. What? Well, you're looking at this thing all wrong. The key is to find the right buttons to push. What are you talking about? There are no buttons to push. It's a buyer's market. Yeah, Jack. It's a buyer's market. Buyers don't even have buttons. Well, I'll have you know, I have a deal working right now that could be huge. In a buyer's market? In a buyer's market. Well, what is it? I can't say. <laughs> oh, you don't have any deal working. Sure I do. I've just got one little piece of the puzzle left, and when it falls into place, this thing is going to be huge! In a buyer's market. Season's greetings, gents. Hey, Wally. Jack's got a big deal working. In a buyer's market like this? You know, Jack, it is a buyer's market. Oh, brother. Good morning, Wally. Are those for me? Oh, yeah, Eva. Just some papers and stuff for Winston T. What's that old sourpuss up to? I don't know. I think he had a meeting downtown this morning. Oh, okay. Wally Spielblum. Yes, sir. 
Are those for me? Yes, sir. Happy holidays, sir. That's quite all right, Mr. Hilblum. Mr. Anderson will get all of that. I would like very much for you to take these papers over to Mr. Anderson at the bank. You think you can manage to do that without being a danger to yourself and others? Yes, sir. Certainly, sir. Fine. Time is money, Mr. Hilblum. Yes, sir. See you, Wally. Later, guys. Hmm. I see my team is working hard as usual. Oh, we were just jawing. Oh, do tell. Well, Frank says it's a buyer's market, and there's no money in it. Oh, humbug. There's always money to be made. Well, that's what Jack said. He's got this, uh, this big deal work, and he's missing, um, how do you say it, uh, one piece of the puzzle. Oh, and uh, just how long is it going to take you to find this piece, Jack? Well, it's just that, well, you know, what it, what it all boils down to is, you know, if I could just, you know, Frank's got a point about that buyer's oh, market. humbug. Perhaps if you spent as much time working as you did jawing, you might make the occasional sale. Rose? Yes, sir? I'm nearly late for my meeting. I suppose everyone wants a paid day off for Christmas. Well, it is a national holiday. Oh, humbug. They're all content to take money out of my pocket without working for it, but let me dock them for the day or ask them to work on Christmas, and I'm the terrible person? All right, Patsy. We'll sort that out when we get there. Don't just stand there. Get to work. One of these days, one of these days, he'll see. When I get this deal together, it'll be bigger than anything he's ever pulled off. Well, golly, Jack, how big is this deal? Oh, it's big. <laughs> big talk in a buyer's market. Oh, really? Well, I'll have you know, I have the Murphys raided by the Stevens place. The Stevens buying the Harrises. The Harrises want to move to the Petersons. And the Petersons are very interested in the Rankin spread. So the Rankin's ready to sell? Not even close. <laughs> yeah. Humbug. No, you wait. You'll see. When I get that domino to fall, everything takes care of itself. But I'm blowing this joint. I might even move to Biggerton and start my own company. Yeah. Big talk in a buyer's market, Jack. Sure would be nice, though. Work a big deal? Move to Biggerton? Really move to anywhere just to get off from under old Winston T. Gather on the water cooler Waiting for our fearless ruler Wishing we could be some other place And here, friends and family have to wait while we He devours me.
So I said to him, you tell that Admiral Mayo that I'm the best horse trader in this here outfit. Just give me 48 hours and a case of your finest, if you know what I'm saying. And I can get you everything on your list. So it wasn't more than two days. I had everything on his list. And he put me in charge of supply of the entire Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you, Gordon, you sure do have a way with a story. Yes, Gordon, you certainly can spin a yarn. I find new humor in that story each and every time you tell it. Now, may we proceed with the business portion of this meeting? Come now, Winston. There's no need to be discourteous. If you have some new business to address, we'd be happy to discuss it. Just have Warren put it on the agenda. Oh, oh wait a minute. He did. I almost forgot. We usually don't have anything on the agenda. Thank you, Warren. Winston, it would appear you have the floor. Thank you, Mr. Mooney. Gentlemen, I stand here in the presence of the wealthiest and most powerful men in this town. Gordon McNeely, owner of the largest department store in town. Warren Toady, our town's greatest legal mind. Victor Mooney, founder and president of our town bank. And of course, Mayor Wallace. Yet, uh, despite all this power and prestige, <clears throat> we seem to be unable to keep our town from falling deeper and deeper into crisis. Crisis? Crisis? Who says we're in crisis? Mayor, it's all around you. They're talking in the streets. Talking about what? About Biggerton. Biggerton? Yes, Biggerton. <laughs> They're talking about how fast it's growing, about all the shops and the restaurants. And... I've even heard tell of weekend shopping trips. Oh, that's terrible. It gets worse. You don't say. I do say. Just this very morning, my own employees were saying, there's no money to be made here. It's a buyer's market. Well, I'm here... Yeah, yeah buyer's market. I heard that. Oh, I'm here to tell you that there is money to be made. Now, we can sit idly by as Biggerton gets bigger and we slowly shrink, or we can do something about it. What exactly do you suggest? I thought you'd never ask. Patsy? Gentlemen, I have a proposal to make. What we need is something to revitalize this town. A new shopping district. Gordon, how would you like to double the size of your store? Maybe open a specialty shop or two. Ooh, I'd love that. <laughs> and Mayor, you like Chinese food, don't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, what if we built the largest Chinese restaurant in the tri-state area, and right next to it, a brand new movie theater with two screens and air conditioning? Two screens? Bickerton doesn't have anything like that, do they? No, sir. <laughs> this is all well and good, Winston, but where are you going to get the land to build all of this? Well, from the people. What? From the people? How are you going to do that? You said it yourself, Warren. It's a buyer's market, except this time, we're the buyers. Go on. We can buy all the land we need for 50 cents on the dollar. We simply buy out every home on the east end of town. That's preposterous. Those people have lived there for generations. They'll never sell, and even if they did, where would they go? Biggerton? Biggerton? Don't worry, Mayor. I've been buying land on the south side of town for years now. I have enough land to offer each one of those families a parcel twice the size of their current lot. 
I give you Grubber's Grove. You've got to be kidding. That's all bottom land. Well, we'll bring in dirt, and then we'll put brand new California ranch-style homes on each lot and uh, charge them slightly more than what we give them for their place. How much more? 50%. You make the loans, I'll build the houses. I'm not so sure you can convince them. Well, we'll tell them it's for the children. After all, if we don't do something to improve this town, what's to stop the little urchins from growing up and moving away? Now, they wouldn't want that, would they, Mr. Mayor? Certainly not. <laughs> you can have what you need to get what you want. Just sign on the dotted line. Don't waste your vote and don't miss the vote. Everything's gonna be fine. You can hit it big. You can really score. We can make them pay and kick them out the door. It's an easy sell. Long as we don't tell, just stick with me. Winston T. Winston, my friend, you intrigue me. I'm not so sure that we can convince them, but I'm willing to give it a shot. Excellent. Mr. Toady, you'll have to start working on some contracts. Mr. Mayor, you have to work with the Zoning Commission. And I, I'm going to make some room in the vault. And I suggest you make a lot of room. We're going to need it. <laughs> Good day, gentlemen. Good day.
Now, how exactly do you plan on selling this to the entire town? Well, just like I told the council. We'll tell them that it's best for the town. After all, parents will do anything for their children. What we need is a, uh, a visual aid, a, uh, a poster child of sorts. And where do you say we find this poster child? Where indeed, my dear Patsy, where indeed. Kid. What? Gotta make them feel like they gotta have a shine. I don't understand. Watch and learn, kid. Watch and learn. Jeepers, mister. That's some suit. Why, thank you, son. Now, excuse me. I have You a... must be going to a real important meeting, huh? Real important. I've got a huge deal working. With a suit like that, you can't miss. You'll have a meeting out of your hand. Probably won't even notice your shoes. What's wrong with my shoes? They're a little scuffed and scraped and all, but that suit. Wow. You know, I need a shine. I mean, the works. Yes, sir. So 
Wow, mister, that suit must have cost a fortune. You must really be important. <laughs> and you must be the smartest boy in your class. The only thing missing is a high shine of those Oxfords. No, boy, you're right. Nice high polish makes all the difference. Do your best. Wax or paste, sir? Uh, wax. Parade gloss. Excellent choice, sir. You know, Patsy, I'm about to change the face of this town. Still, sir, you have to convince the entire town. It's not going to be an easy sell. Oh, humbug. With the right pitch and the right poster child, they'll be crawling all over each other to live in Grubber's Grove. <laughs> Put some muscle into it, son. I want to see my face in those shoes. But if just one or two families back out, your whole plan falls apart. Humbug. Who could refuse such, refuse such a generous offer? What do you say, son? Wouldn't you like to live in a nice house with a nice big yard? Sure. There you see, Patsy. And I bet your parents would jump at the chance to move up in the world. Well, it's just my mom and me. My dad died in the war. Patsy, my boy, you're brilliant. Son, how would you like to earn, uh, say, uh, $5 a day? Gee whiz, $5? <laughs> How many shoes do you have? <laughs> I'm not talking about shining shoes. I'm asking if you want to be my, uh, my apprentice. You get to wear nice clothes and, and, and help people live better lives. And you'll give me five whole dollars a day? $25 a week. I could get my mom a really nice Christmas present. I know something she'd really like from McNeely's. Christmas gifts are a waste of hard-earned cash. Invest in your future. I'll teach you everything you need to know. You say that word a lot. What word? Well, humbug. What does it mean? Oh, that's just a word I read in a book. The man who said it was of singular focus, unaffected by societal pressure and unfettered by sentimentality. Must have been a good book. Oh, I wouldn't know. I only read the first chapter. It got a little spooky after that. But I did like the word and the man's business sense. Every year at Christmas we get gifts that do not matter Every year at Christmas we eat foods that make us fatter If I had my way I would erase this holiday We need to find a better way to use this wasted day Humbug is a word, a word I like to say Humbug is a word I use most every day some may think it's antiquated, that's okay. Humbug is a word, don't think it's absurd. Humbug is a word I like to say. When it comes to Christmas, it would be so smart to drop it. Business closes early and it cuts into my profit. I don't understand why others don't see things my way. We need to find a better way to use this holiday. Humbug is a word, a word I like to say. Humbug is a word I use most every day. Some may think it's antiquated, that's okay. Humbug is a word. Don't think it's absurd. Humbug is a word I like to say.
is so overrated. Christmas is so outdated. Makes me so irritated. Makes me so irritated. Makes me so irritated. Makes me so irritated. Ah! That people really think that you should It's absurd. Humbug is a word I like to say. Humbug. So what do you say, son? You ready to start wearing some nice clothes and get rid of that shoe polish from underneath your nails? When do I start? Right now. Patsy, take young Mr. What's your name, son? Alvin. Alvin C. Adams. Take Mr. Alvin C. Adams and get him properly dressed. I'll meet you back at the office. Come with me, boy. We're painting the town. Making the rounds. Hitting the shops. We'll never stop till you're looking the part. Styles and art. me boy you've got to get dressed suit with a vest like it in blue take this one too it's a Paris design dress to the nines you gotta dress for success nothing more nothing less each time you make an entrance no doubt you will impress what you wear determines your success so be sure Dress for success. Gotta dress for success. Nothing more, nothing less. Each time you make an entrance, no doubt you will impress. What you wear determines your success, so be sure to dress for success. If you wanna be the talk of the town. Dress yourself up, don't dress yourself down We've got a plan, we'll take you far When we are through, son, you'll be a star You gotta dress for success, nothing more, nothing less Time you make an entrance, no doubt you will impress. What you wear determines your success, so be sure to dress for success. You gotta dress for success, nothing more, nothing less. Each time you make an entrance, no doubt you will impress. What you wear determines your success, so be sure to dress for success. Fortune and fame 
it's yours if you choose With me by your side You got nothing to lose You're sure to impress to go to the drive-in Saturday night, but I was thinking about trying that new Chinese restaurant over in Biggerton. What about you? I don't know. I think I might stay home and watch Sid Caesar on TV. You still hoping Wally gets the nerve to ask you out? Yeah. Uh, I think he was pretty close this morning. Oh, I don't know why you wait on that goo. I think he's sweet. Speak of the devil. <gasps> I didn't mention Winston T. Good morning, ladies. Hi, Wally. Don't you have some papers to file? Sure, I guess those papers don't file themselves. Just dropping off some boxes for Mr. Grubber. Oh, Wally, um, he was just talking about the new Chinese restaurant down in Biggerton. Oh, yeah, I delivered some packages up there yesterday. Nice place, really fancy. Mr. Uh, Hillblum. Yes, sir. Have you nothing better to do than fraternize with my receptionist? No. Yes. No. Well, then I suggest you do it, and quickly. I don't need Eva distracted. I'm waiting on some important calls. Yes, sir. Bye, Wally. Not during Call business hours. I'm not running a social club, although you'd never know it by the work getting done around here. Oh, Mr. Grubber, Mr. Anderson called, and he said he will have your newest employee here first thing in the morning. Excellent. I want him ready when we meet with the council again. And uh, make sure Rose gets those receipts. I plan to track every penny spent on this little project for tax purposes. Yes, sir. <laughs> what do you suppose that was all about? I don't know, but I don't like it one bit. Me neither. Not one bit. about allow me to explain madam my name is Patrick C Anderson I work with Winston T Grubber of Grubber real estate 
No need to worry about the cost of the suit. It is on the company. We met Alvin in the street earlier today, and we thought he would be the perfect choice. The perfect choice for what? An apprentice. And what does an apprentice do exactly? Nothing unseemly, I assure you. Mr. Grubber simply wants to show Alvin the ways of business. And we do have a big project in the works, and Alvin is going to play a key role. Um, you are a widow, are you not? I don't think that's any of your business. I didn't mean to uh, offend. I, I just simply meant that this could be good for Alvin. You see, it's important to have a man in his life, wouldn't you agree? Well, yes. Then it's settled. I'll pick him up at 8.30 sharp. Be ready, Alvin. Promptness is very important in business. Yes, sir. Good day, madam. Mom, five dollars. Ain't it great? Isn't it great? Alvin, what have I told you about ain't? That it ain't isn't a word. Grammar and vocabulary are very important. Yes, ma'am. Isn't it great? I get to wear a suit and help people, and Mr. Grubber's going to teach me everything I need to know. And I make five old dollars a day. That's way more than any of the shoeshine guys. And pretty soon I'll be making enough that you won't have to work so hard. Sweetheart, you don't have to worry about that. But I'm the man of the house, and I'm supposed to take care of you. My little man is growing up. Now stand back. Let me see how handsome you look in your suit. So much like your father. Now go wash up for dinner. Oh, yes, ma'am. Can I wear my suit for dinner? May I wear my suit? No, you better take it off, sweetheart. You don't want to get something on it before your first big day. Now go wash up. You would not have to deal with this situation. You were always so good at reading people. I don't know. Alvin's growing up so quickly, and there's just some things I can't teach him. Maybe this will be good for Alvin. Charlie, I miss you so much. Hurt so much 
times we used to share I know you're safe in God's care I can't hold on to yesterday I can't pretend that you're away so afraid so hard to be alone. Help me, God, I pray. As our sun grows more and more like you, Alvin? But I like this song. We don't have time for this. Promptness is very important in business. Can we at least give them some money? That's for people with soft hearts and even softer heads. We have work to do. Merry Christmas, Reverend. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Jack. Say, uh, how's business? Just between us. I've got a huge deal working. <laughs> Another one, huh? Yeah, but this one can't miss. Merry Christmas. My mic didn't cut out. Damn! You look just like Winston T! He looks like Winston T! Hey, what's with the costume, kid? It's not a costume. I'm Mr. Grubber's new apprentice. Uh, apprentice? Oh, great. Now there's going to be two of them. 
Oh, wait till Jack sees this one. Oh. oh. <laughs> What's with the mini Winnie? I told you he looks just like him. Doesn't he look just like him? He looks just like him. We got that, Carl. Okay. He's uh, Winston T's new apprentice. So, the Rankins ready to sell? Forget the Rankins. I stopped by Henry Walker's place on the way home. Isn't he the one with all the kids? Ten. All boys. <laughs> they kept trying for a girl until Henry finally put that foot down. <laughs> Should have put that foot down a lot sooner if you ask me. You know, I hear if you want to have a girl, you should eat fish. I think his wife should eat more fish. I heard it was chocolate. No, it's definitely Wait, fish. I read it somewhere. Too hush. And let me tell my story. Sorry, Jack. She should have more fish. <laughs> Anywho, I hear this big produce company wants to start up a farm and a processing plant here in the area. So what's that got to do with Henry Walker? Well, it just so happens that the last of the Walker boys are heading off to college. So? So, Henry has no one to help him work the farm, and his wife wants to move to Florida. So I have those produce guys coming over to look at the place this afternoon. A hundred and fifty acres of prime real estate. Boys, if I put this deal together, I might just move to Florida with them. Wow. <laughs> ho, 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 fellas. Hey, Wally. Hi, Wally. What's with the treat? Oh, I just thought it Christmas up the place. I don't know. Mr. Grubber isn't that much of a Christmas person. It couldn't hurt to ask, right? You're about to find out. Huh. I see my team is working hard as ever. They're just talking about a big deal. <laughs> they usually are. Lesson number one, Alvin. Don't waste time chatting with the help. Come along. Mr. Hillblum. Yes, sir. Have you moved your office to my lobby? No, sir. I only ask because you seem to be spending an awful lot of time here as of late. Oh, I was just dropping off this Christmas tree. I have no use for such humbug. I thought it'd be nice for everyone to decorate. I think it'd be neat. I love the smell of evergreen. Lesson number two, Alvin. Every now and then, throw the little people a bone. Fine. You may keep the tree, but... <laughs> You may only decorate it on your own time. I'm not paying you to trim trees. Oh, that's perfect. I got tinto and ornaments back in my office. I'll be back later. Bye, Wally. Patsy. Yes, sir. Do you have the estimates from the contractor? Yeah, he says that... Oh, that kid. He says that we can increase profits if we set all the studs to 24 inches to save on lumber costs. Alvin, lesson number three. Always take the low bid and then work to get it a little lower. And what about the shopping center? 70% is already leased out. The movie theater is locked in. And the owners of the Chinese restaurant in Biggerton are very excited about opening up in town. <laughs> Excellent. Everything is coming together, Patsy. Link by link.
That's my mom! 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 Good morning, Alvin! How's your first day going? Great! This is Mr. Grubber. Good morning, madam. Good morning, Mr. Grubber. Alvin's sure excited about his first big day. Oh, as well as he should be. He's a very bright lad and a quick learner. Mr. Anderson was telling me that Alvin's going to play an important role in a project you're working on. Oh, yes, absolutely. Would you mind telling me a little bit about the project? We're all getting new houses. What? <laughs> the whole town's getting brand new houses. Alvin, now's not the and time to... And it's going to be a shopping center with a Chinese restaurant and a movie theater. Right where we all live now. Right, Mr. Grubber? Tell her about the new houses. Yes, tell her about the new houses. Hmm. <laughs> well, uh... Ladies and gentlemen, um, let me ask you a question. Have you ever wondered, why can't we be more like Biggerton? Well, of course you have. We all have. But really, what does Biggerton have that we don't? They have that new Chinese restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but uh, those are just the tip of the iceberg. The real issue here is progress. Yes, progress. While we've been sitting still, Biggerton has been building. Shopping centers, restaurants, subdivisions with new houses. Why Biggerton is quickly becoming the place to be. And I wouldn't be soon, well, surprised if soon our young people begin to leave our sleepy little hamlet for the lore of the bigger city. Tell me, young man. Wouldn't you like to live in a nice house and a new subdivision in a bustling town with lots to do? Sure. Eric, of course you would. Boy, of course you would. Why, given the chance, we all would. Ma'am, how old is your home? It's been in my family for generations. And uh, how's the plumbing? Um, <laughs> and the electrical? What if I told you that with absolutely no money out of your pocket, you could be in a brand new California ranch style home with twice the yard by this time next year? How am I going to do that? Quite simple. You sell your home and put that money towards a new one being built on the south side of town. Who's going to buy my old shack? Me. And I will do the same for each of you. An excellent question, which brings us right back to progress. If we're going to keep our young people here, we must invest in their future, which is exactly why I have taken this young man under my wing. You see, what the children really need is a reason to stay. We'll build a shopping center the likes you've never seen, anchored by a bigger and better McNeely's, right where your old run-down houses are now. Picture yourself browsing in the finest shops around, dining in our very own Chinese restaurant, and catching a movie on one of the two screens in our brand-new air-conditioned movie theater. Two screens? Yes, my boy, two screens, each with a different feature. You won't find that in Biggerton. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you see, ladies and gentlemen, how the young mind works. But what if we don't want to sell our homes? I like my house. Oh, madam, why would you want to live in a drafty old home when you could be in a spacious new California ranch-style home? I am offering you a chance to improve your station in life. 
But at what cost? Ma'am, the cost is minimal. Mr. Mooney has already agreed to set up mortgages to cover anything beyond the money made on your current place. And since it will take a year for the homes to be built, you could sign the papers today and not start making payments until you move in. You live rent-free for a year. It's true. Every word, I assure you. <laughs> you can have what you need to get what you want to sign on the dotted line. Don't waste your vote and don't miss the boat. Everything's gonna be fine. You can hit it big. You can really score. You don't have to pay, it's an open door. You can check it out, there can be no doubt. Just stick with me, Winston T. Now remember, you all have to agree. It's all or nothing, right, Mayor? Uh, oh. <clears throat> oh, yeah, we'll hold one big meeting, a big vote tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock here in the square. Then we can all sign papers and make it official. Very good. Okay, now I'll have several bank employees here on site to help with the mortgages. <laughs> Alvin, my boy, we've got them right where we want them. Boy, do we. <laughs> Mom, wait! No, never mind her. She'll be fine. We have work to do. Lesson number four, strike while the iron is hot.
God, what is going on here? That grubber has this whole town of Twitter with his idea of progress. But it just doesn't feel right. But who am I kidding? Nothing has felt right since Charlie died. I should have made Alvin return that suit the first day he came home with it. But he was happy about helping. Oh, Charlie, if only you were here to help me figure this out. Mom! Hey, I mean, isn't Mr. Grubber something? Oh, he's something, all right. Alvin, I don't want you working for Mr. Grubber any longer. Why? Because I don't like what he's doing. He wants us all to have new houses. New houses that he sells us. And at what cost? Mr. Grubber says it'll hardly cost anything. Alvin, your father grew up in this house. You learned to walk right here in this room and ride your bike on that road outside that window. And if Winston T. Grubber has his way, all of that'll be gone, including the tree your grandfather planted in the backyard. The one with my tree house? Yes, the one with your tree house. That'll be gone and every other house around here gone with it. That's Mr. Grubber's idea of progress. He wants us to sell our past to pay for our future. Humbug. What did you say? I'm sorry, did I say a bad word? No, it's not a bad word, but where did you hear that? Mr. Grubber says it a lot, and he said you read it in the book. Oh, I'm familiar with that book, and then it makes perfect sense. Mr. Grubber's just like Scrooge. He is a miserable, greedy old soul that only cares about himself. And if he's not careful, he's going to end up just like Scrooge. Lonely and without a soul that cares whether he lives or dies. Well, I care. I know you do, son. So how can we help him? Well, I don't know. In the book, God did something unexpected to get Scrooge's attention. He often works in ways that we don't understand. Well, like what? Well, like Christmas. You know, the shepherds, they definitely weren't expecting a choir of angels while they were watching over their flock. And when the innkeeper offered Mary and Joseph the stable, he wasn't expecting her to give birth to the long-awaited savior. And the wise men, they weren't expecting to see the king of kings lying in a manger surrounded by barn animals. It's not what we expected, but it's just what we needed. Mom, it's okay if you don't want any work for Mr. Grubber anymore. But should I pray for him? You know what? Absolutely you should. Let's pray right now. God, I don't want Mr. Grubber to be sad and all alone. Please do something unexpected for him. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Winston. Merry Christmas. Say, I was wondering if we could set up in front of your building today. It's the largest building on that side of town and... Certainly not. I beg your pardon? 
I am a man of business, Reverend, and that is a business place. It is not a church nor a charity ward. I'm not asking you to house the poor. Just let us sing some carols and collect a few pennies. I don't care for carols, and I have no use for charity. What happened to you, Winston? You weren't always this way. You never did finish that book now, did you? What? No, because if you had, you'd realize you've modeled your life after the wrong Scrooge. It's made me a good man of business. Just like Scrooge, well on his way to dying a lonely and bitter old man, till he learned that mankind was his business. Charity, forbearance and benevolence, Scrooge's story is a redemption story. Eventually, he discovers the true meaning of Christmas and it changes his entire outlook on life. In fact, in the end, he buys the prize-winning turkey and brings it to his employee's house for Christmas dinner. Well, thank you for saving me the trouble of, of reading it myself. Now, if you will excuse me, I have a very busy day ahead. I'll be praying for you, Winston. Greetings, gents. Oh, hey, Wally. Merry Christmas. Thanks for the Christmas tree. You know, I was just telling Frank how great it looks. Don't it look great, Frank? Yeah, great. It looks great. I'm just glad old Winston T let you keep it. Me too. Thank you so much. Wally. Oh, hi, Eva. Hey, Wally. What brings you around here this morning? Um, just checking to see if you have anything going out. Nothing yet. Maybe later. Oh, cool. I'll be back then. Hey, Eva. Yes, Wally? I was wondering if you wanted to try that new Chinese place in Vigerton tonight? I oh, I think I might have some leftover meatloaf. Oh, uh, maybe some other time. But I'd much rather have Chinese instead. Pick me up at 7? Uh, Alright, 7 it is. See ya. Oh, sorry kid. Out of uniform, aren't you kid? Huh? Never mind. Is Mr. Grubber here? I gotta talk to him. Well, he's not here yet, but he should be here soon. Come wait over here with us. Morning, gents. Hey, Jack. Any luck selling that uh, Walker farm? Yeah, moving to Florida yet, Jack? Nope. Turns out that big produce company can't use the place. They, they can't? Why not? Turns out you can't, can't grow cranberries on the Walker farm. No place for the bogs. You know, just once, I'd like to come into this place and actually find someone working. 
Alvin, where's your suit? The meeting in the square's in, in ten minutes. I can't go with you. Well, why not? Because my mom says forcing people out of their homes isn't nice. Forcing? Humbug. You disappoint me, son. I'm offering these people an opportunity. They can't wait to, to move into Grubber's Grove. It's the only way to bring progress to this town, and your mother is standing in the way of progress. Well, my mom says God works in sometimes works in unexpected ways. See? What's that? I brought it to show you how God works. Well, it can't stay here. The tree is more decoration than we need. But, Mr. Gro... But nothing. Alvin, if you aren't going with me, then don't bother coming back. Rose will see that you get paid for the days that you worked. But, Mr. Grubber... What? I prayed for you. Oh, humbug. Save your prayers for someone who needs them. Jack, for example. I'm doing just fine. You just keep praying for him. Lord knows he needs it. And you know what? I'm going to pay you for the entire week. Gee, thanks. I never had a whole $25 at once before. Why don't you buy your mom something nice for Christmas? Yes, ma'am. Good morning, gentlemen. Patsy, are we ready? Everything's in place. Uh, where's Alvin? Ah, uh, he's not coming. But he's the poster child. Don't worry, Mayor. He served his purpose yesterday. Well, I hope you're right. Trust me, Mayor. I don't expect any problems. Let's just get started. <clears throat> Good morning, my fellow townsmen. Today, thanks to Winston T. Grubber, we embrace progress. <laughs> Mr. Toady has papers for you to sign so Mr. Grubber can give the developer the go-ahead for the new shopping district, complete with fine dining and a movie theater with two screens, something no other town in this area can say. Can they? No, sir. Mr. Mooney has mortgage papers that will get you well on your way to owning your own California ranch-style home. All we need is a unanimous vote. So, without further ado, all those in favor of accepting Winston T's plan for progress say aye. I And certainly, there can be no one who objects. So, Wait! So, I object! What? You what? I object! I don't want to sell my house and move! But you have to! For progress! No, I don't! Excuse me, Mayor. <laughs> Mrs. Adams, perhaps you haven't considered all the benefits. In addition to the shops, and the restaurant, and the movie theater with two screens, we're offering you a brand new... 
California ranch-style home. I don't want it. Ma'am, think of your neighbors. If you don't take this deal, you keep them from realizing their dreams of owning a new home. <laughs> Mabel, do you really want to see your prize roses dug up and replaced by a parking lot? Vida, you keep half the town of fig preserves. What happens when they cut down the trees to make room for the Chinese restaurant? And Frida, you were born in your home. Is progress really worth us uprooting our families and abandoning our heritage? Think about it! Well, she makes some really good points. Are we going to continue to let Biggerton outshine our town? Without that land, it all goes away. No shops, no movie theater, no Chinese restaurant, and certainly no California ranch-style homes. And then, what's there to keep your children from growing up and moving away? <laughs> you know, that's what we need. And that's going to be the same idea as always. Oh, we, we can't need do those it. shops. We need those jobs and we need the tax dollars that comes along with them. That's right. Yes, sir. But there has to be another way. Well, there isn't. I know way. Quiet, son. This is grown-up talk. Yes, this is grown-up talk. <laughs> Come now, let the boy speak. Now, let's hear what the boy has to say. Mr. Walker wants to sell his farm. Hey, that's right. I can sell the Walker farm to the developer. It's plenty Hey, wait, wait a minute. That is not the plan. And it's a great location right on the edge of town. So the deal's slipping away. Hey, hey, what about Grubber's Grove? It looks like we won't need it after all. All those in favor of putting the shopping center on the Walker place, say aye. The eyes have it. And what am I supposed to do with 150 acres of worthless swampland? That, my friend, is your problem. Bright boy you got there. Yes, he is. And his father would be very proud. Years of work and planning are gone. Precocious child. I have an idea. Oh, humbug. And he turned the whole town against me. Well, to die, bitter old man. Reverend, I don't have the time to. Humbug. Heard the true meaning of Christmas, and it changed his entire on life. life, life.
Hello? Who's there? God works in unexpected ways, eh, Alvin? Perhaps I should have you pray for me. Certainly work for Jack. And here I stand well on my way to being a lonely and bitter old man. in place or so it seems all my plans that I had hoped and dreamed slipping through my fingers just like sand I almost had it all yet here I stand How did I get here? How did I lose my way? Not how I started. Look at my life today. So far from who I really am. So far from who I really want to be. How did I get here? How did I lose my way? Have I gone too far? Am I too late? Can I turn my life around? Is this my trust that I betrayed. I can't undo the choices that I've made all alone. How did I get here? How did I lose my way? Not how I started. Look at my life today So far from who I really am So far from who I really want to be How did I get here? God help me find my way What can I do for you, Alvin? I hope you're not too mad at me for ruining your deal. <laughs> no, I'm not mad. I, this is all my fault. <laughs> Lesson number five. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Maybe this is one of God's unexpected ways. You know, you started to say something about that earlier. What was it that you wanted to tell me? 
My mom says the first Christmas wasn't what any of these people expected. The shepherds, the wise men, Mary and Joseph, none of them expected God to come to earth this way. It wasn't what they expected, but it was what they needed. But I, I don't understand. Well, sometimes what we think we need isn't really what we need. And God has something else in mind. <laughs> you know, I like you, Alvin. I'd like you to consider staying on as my apprentice. You can teach me about faith, and I can teach you about business. We'll call this lesson number one. I don't know. We'll have to ask my mom first. Well, let's go see if we can find her. Let's go see if we can find her. Okay. You know, Winston, that young apprentice of yours sure is a sharp one. <laughs> yeah, you sure taught him how to spot a good deal. Yes, well, uh, I can't take all the credit, but uh, if you'll excuse me, gentlemen. Mrs. Adams, may I have a word with you? Sure, Mr. Grubber. I'm sorry if I caused you too much trouble. I just didn't want to leave my home. No, my dear lady, it's I who should apologize. I've been so selfish and greedy. Alvin, is that our nativity? What are you doing with that? I brought it to show Mr. Grummer about God's unexpected ways. Yes, uh, Alvin and I have had quite the conversation, and I must say, I was not expecting this young man of yours to get me thinking about the things that, that I need the most. For the first time in my life, I've realized that there is more than just meetings and deadlines and deals and money-making. But deep inside, I always believed in God. Mr. Grover, I am so glad that Alvin showed you the nativity. But you know what? The nativity is so much more than Christmas. It's about how God sent his son to this earth to save us from our sins. But I don't understand. That's just it. We don't fully understand how he loved us so. But Jesus came to this earth and he lived a perfect life. And then the little baby grew up, became a man, and he went and paid the, the price on the cross for you and me. Hmm. Now that's an unexpected ending to the story. From, from the nativity to dying on a cross? Yes. He demonstrated his love for you that while you were still filled with selfishness and greed, Jesus went to the cross and paid the price for you. But you know what? It doesn't stop there. God has a free gift to offer you. Hmm. Mr. Grubber, you have to accept God's gift. But what's the gift? You know what? That gift, his gift, is the gift of eternal life in heaven. But it's a life that begins now. Hmm. He offers hope, joy, 
peace that will continue on forever into heaven. But you just have to believe it to receive it. Uh, well, as a businessman, I know that all gifts come with strings attached. Not God's gift. His love is so unexpected, so amazing. He offers it to you, and you just have to accept his offer. Mr. Grubber, God's unexpected gift is for you. Well, I'd like to accept his offer. You know what? Then just tell God right here that you want his gift for you. But I've never really prayed before. That's okay. Just talk to God. Okay. Uh, dear God, I thank you for your free gift for my life. I've been so selfish and greedy to say the least. Please forgive me. I thank you so much for the unexpected way that Jesus was in the nativity and for the unexpected way that he died to pay for my sins. Now today I ask you for your free gift of hope and peace, joy, and life forever with you. Amen. Now, Alvin, I can't thank you enough for all your help and for sharing God's free gift with me. But business must go on. And Mrs. Adams, I do have one question for you. Would you allow Alvin to stay on as my apprentice? Well, Alvin, you're the man of the house. What do you think? Jeepers, Mom, it's 25 whole dollars a week. <laughs> so it is. Well, Mr. Grubber, looks like you have yourself an apprentice. Very good. And please, call me Winston. That a king would come this way Who would have thought That born on a bed of hay A tiny baby meek and mild The Son of God, His only child Would be the one who was born to save Love will often choose And I Unexpected way to reach you where you are, to find you when you stray. Heals a broken heart, heals you when you pray. God's love will always find a change someone like me who would have thought that I could be set free a child with simple faith so strong to guide me back where I belong now I have found the faith to
Uh, Winston? What is it, Jack? Well, this is a little awkward, but, you know, you're the realtor for that uh, development company. I'll need you to write up an offer for the Walker Place. Of course. I'll talk with the company and have an offer to you by this after afternoon. Congratulations on finally landing the big one. Thanks, boss. <laughs> you're welcome. You know, perhaps I should give you a crack at selling all that bottom land I just got stuck with. Well, you know, I just might have a buyer for you. You're kidding. Well, yeah, you know, though, big produce company wanted to grow cranberries on the Walker Place. Couldn't use it. No place for the bogs. But that land south of town would be perfect. It's big enough for a farm and for the processing plant. <laughs> Jack, you get them to make me an offer, and the commission is yours. Consider it a Christmas gift. Wow. <laughs> I might get to Florida after all. Well, it seems our Scrooge has found his heart after all. Yes, Reverend, I am a changed man. You know, which, which reminds me, when you set up in front of my shop this afternoon, I'll have a check waiting for you. It seems I'm a little bit behind on my charity and benevolence. We can't have that now, can we? No. Go ahead, Mom. Ask him. Mr. Grubber, I mean Winston, would you care to join us for Christmas dinner? It's nothing lavish, but would love for you to join us. <laughs> it would be my pleasure. And I'll bring the turkey. Up in selfishness, my heart was filled with grief, blinded by my desire to succeed, deceiving myself, not counting the cost, deceiving myself and feeling so lost. I'm changed forever by love undeserving.
Man, we thank you guys. Let's thank them again real briefly here. What a fantastic evening. As I was in the back of the room watching and, and uh, just taking it all in, uh, a man was sitting in the back. He goes, I didn't know we were coming to something like this. Wow, what a great night. Our people really stepped up to the plate. They've worked so hard. But could we just pause for a few moments before we, before we close our program and invite the cast back out? But I would like to just uh, give you a few thoughts here. You know, as we, as we come to this time of Christmas, and, and this is the, the season, supposed to be the season of joy, right? And really it becomes the season of busyness. Have you noticed that? We're all so busy, we're running, we're, we're moving at the speed of light, we're just trying to keep up with things. Your kids are busy, you're busy, your wife's busy, your husband's busy, and it's like, man, we, we don't even have time for each other. And it's supposed to be the season of joy, the season of peace. But you know, when you think about life, you think about life, here was, here was Winston. Winston is really a, a good, good character about where maybe many of you have been, where I have been at one point in my life. You know, we, we set out to do our life and we said, well, I want life to go this way. But you know what? Life doesn't go the way we want it to go, does it? There's so many unexpected things that happen in our life. We have a lot of pain that comes into our life. There's maybe pain from other people in our life. There's maybe pain that we have caused in our life. There's maybe pain from just general life circumstances. And we get hung up on that pain. And that pain trips us up and, and it causes us to be, become miserable. It causes us to become, uh, to, to try and feel this, this need in our life to get that pain gone. I know I'm not a fan of pain. I don't know anybody that is. Uh, I don't like to go to the hospital for anything. Um, I like to go to visit people who are ill. I prefer not to go there, right? And that's the way it is when there's pain in our life. And, and this is what happens. So we have pain, so we go out and we try to solve this pain. And that's what Winston did. He tried to solve his pain by thinking maybe a lot of money would help him. And thinking that, okay, I'm going to make this development and we're going we're to fill the coffers. And he even sang in his song tonight, didn't he? He said, wrapped up in selfishness, my heart was filled with greed blinded by my desire to succeed that's all we want to do we want to succeed we want to have a happy life who doesn't want to have a happy life I want that happy life Every, everybody says man I'm just gonna give it my all I'm gonna give my career everything that I have I'm gonna give my family everything I have and then we come up short because of the unexpected things that happen in life maybe it was a cancer illness in a family member maybe it was a your parents divorced when you were a kid that's what happened in my life Boy, I'll tell you what, that was unexpected. I'll never forget that. Man, my life was in disarray. And I found out this. I found there was only one person who could take me and help me whenever my parents divorced. And whatever pain that you're facing today, wherever you're at, you've come into this room tonight, and I don't know the pain, I don't know the issues that you're dealing with, but I know this, you're just trying to succeed. You're just trying to move forward. And so many times we try to fill it with, money, relationships, over-the-edge Christmas. I'm just trying to be happy. But there's one who came that you might be happy. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, I have come that you may have life. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came that you may have life. 
And you see, whenever you, whenever you have those unexpected circumstances that come up, the illness, the loss of job, the family relationship that was broken, all these, we face this and more. When those things happen, we try to solve that pain. We come over and we solve that pain and say, all right, I'm never going to talk to anybody again. Maybe you withdraw. Maybe for others you say, well, I'm going to go out and I'm just going to eat, drink, and be merry. I'm going to party my life away and that's how I'm going to deal with it. And others say, I'm going to go and I'm going to make more money than anybody else has ever seen. I'm just going to be happy and I'm going to do all these things. And those are all have a degree of fun. But Jesus is the one who gives life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. And so the reason that we have this problem is our sin. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to pay for our sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the Bible tells us. Everybody, that means everybody in this room, everybody in this world, that means you. That means I. I have sinned. And when you understand that, that my sin has separated me from God, it's my way versus God's way. And God says that if, if we get what we deserve, the wages of sin is death. That means to be separated from God forever and ever. In a real place called hell, the Bible says. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift. And it's through Jesus Christ. And the best part about it is you can't earn, the, you can't earn that gift. You know, when I give my kid a gift at Christmas time, I'll never forget many years ago we were looking for the Tickle Me Elmo. Do you remember that? Um, that was the hot gift. And I was, we were having these programs and somebody heard that I wanted one. They got me a Tickle Me Elmo. I'll never forget. I brought my little baby up here on stage with a Tickle Me Elmo. I was so happy to have that thing, right? But when, when my daughter opened that at six years old or five years old, she didn't say, Dad, how can I pay for this? She didn't say, Dad, I promise I'll be good for the rest of my life. Good thing, because I knew better, right? She opened the gift. She took it out. She played with it. She enjoyed it. And she accepted the gift. That's what God wants us to do. To come, you cannot earn salvation. You cannot earn eternal life. The Bible says it is not of works so that no one can boast. Aren't you glad that when we get to heaven, nobody will be able to say, well, you know, I got to heaven because I gave this much to the church. Or I gave this much to help feed homeless people. Or I did this, or I did that. And God says, no, it's not of works so that nobody can boast. It is of Jesus and he says, if you will open your heart, just accept his free gift to believe it and receive it. See, it's one thing to know it up in your head. It's another thing to receive it in your heart. And the Bible says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to be called the children of God. And so tonight, as we close our program, I would like to offer you the gift of eternal life. I would like to offer you an opportunity to let Jesus transform your life. To take those unexpected things and fill them with Christ. Because all those pain and all that hurt that we have, Jesus said, I've come to give you life. There's a way that seems right unto man and in the end it leads to death, the Bible says. Or choose Jesus who leads to life.
You notice I'm not saying choose to join the church or choose to be a good person or choose to, to have better willpower. No. Choose Jesus because he's the one who gives you life. Or continue to choose all the pain, all the hurt, and deal with the hurt our way that leads to death. Or come to God that leads to eternal life and life abundantly, life that starts today. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to be called, to become the children of God. Tonight I'd like to offer you that free gift of eternal life. And you can receive that right here in your seat. And you just pray a prayer, something like this, and I'll lead you in this prayer in just a moment. But first of all, I want to encourage you to admit that you're a sinner. God, I need you because I'm a sinner. I've done wrong things, and the wages of my sin is to be separated from you forever. So I... I need you, Lord. B, believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Believe that this little baby who came to earth didn't just come to be in a manger. But he came and he lived the perfect life and he paid the price on the cross. And not only did he die on the cross, he was put in a tomb and three days later he came back to life again. Believe on him. And see, call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Tonight, if you will call upon the name of the Lord, God's word says that you will be saved from the punishment of your sin. And you can begin this new life with Christ. So let's just bow our head and close our eyes tonight as we close our program. And I'd like to offer you that free gift of eternal life. You can, you can open your heart's door tonight and just receive him right where you're sitting in this room. And just, just pray a prayer quietly to the Lord right now. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, the lights are off, no one looking around. I'd just like to encourage you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer and you just re repeat this after me unto the Lord. Dear Lord Jesus, I come before you tonight. And I need you into my heart. I have sinned. And I've fallen short of the glory of God. I believe that you died on the cross to pay for my sin. And you came back to life again for me. I invite you now into my heart. I call upon you to be my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And with our heads bowed and eyes closed tonight, I'd just like to pray for us all here tonight. Lord, I come before you and I thank you for the, the many people in here tonight that, that have started a relationship with you. They've heard the message that Jesus loves them. And that Jesus paid the, the price on the cross of Calvary. And they've accepted you tonight. Lord, for those many people that have made that first step, I pray that you will, you will be with them and encourage them, Lord. Encourage them to take the next step. To, to, to go to a church that preaches God's word. To, uh, to, to grow in you. To, to, to find ways to learn more about you, Lord. And God, I pray for many in the room tonight that, 
that are still struggling with that decision. They may have heard that for the first time tonight, or they may have heard that many times, and, and yet the war is within. Lord, I pray that you'll, you'll meet with them. And, and as they leave this place tonight, as we go to, on to the next part of our journey tonight, that you would continue to tug on their heart and let them know how much you love them, how much you care for them, and, and that it's your desire to have a relationship with them. And Lord, be with, be with our entire group tonight, Lord. We thank you for all that you're doing. In your name we pray. Amen. And, and be, just before I call our cast out, I'd like to bring the house lights up just a little bit, just on dim. And uh, what I'd like to ask you to do right now, if you would look in front, and we'll just bring them up about a, only half, all right? And uh, if you'd reach forward, everybody ha in front of you, there is a, a little response cord. And I'd like to ask everybody just to reach forward and take that. And there's a pen there. And uh, there's, there's a couple options on here. I'd like to just go over that with you. It says, first of all, yes, I prayed the prayer tonight to receive Jesus as my personal Savior. Please send me further information on how I can get to know God better. And if that's you, I'd like to encourage you. Just leave your name and address and check that, and we will send you. I have a book that I'd like to send you. It's going to encourage you, and it will help you to take more steps. I promise you we won't show up at your doorstep. We won't hound you. We will encourage you, okay? Uh, the, the, the other option there, it says, please pray for me that I can understand how to have a relationship with God. Maybe tonight you're saying, well, that, that's kind of new to me, and, and I've really been thinking about it, and... and We'll pray for you. Just mark that. Or maybe you have a request. And I'd like to encourage you to, uh, if you have a prayer request. So we'll just take a moment to, to fill those out. And, um, and then when you're done, if you'll just take them and put them back in there, face, face down because it's private, uh, put, it, put it back in there and we'll collect them after everybody's been dismissed. So we're so thankful that you're here tonight. Wasn't that a great evening? So uh, would you... Would you help me welcome back our cast as we do the curtain call? Thank you.
give them one last round of applause. We appreciate you guys. Good job. Good job. Now, I'll give you a little insider here. There's a reason that he looks like a mini Winnie. That's his son, all right? So that's why. All right? So, uh, hey, we want to invite everybody to come over to our gymnasium. We have dessert over there. Uh, I, did I mention Bethel Bakery already? All right, there's some of that stuff over there. We have so many good things. You, you can get a picture taken, all right? You go over there and get a picture taken, and they'll print it off for you. Now, here's, here's the deal. It's not, there, are, there are seats, but not enough for everybody to sit down at once. So this means there will be some people standing having hot chocolate. Other people will be sitting having cookies. And other people will be sharing chairs. So it, it's an interesting environment. Come on over and enjoy yourself. Let's give them a hand, and we'll pull up the lights. You are dismissed.